Two, ladies and gentlemen, it's 8pm on a Monday night, which means it is once again time for Fat and Ginger. Uh, my name is Tim Young, and across the desk from me, as always, is my distant professional acquaintance, Luke Massey. I'm still not sure why we call it that. Why don't I get a mention, Tim, in the title? <sighs> you know what? You've used the same joke about 15 times in the first episode. I'm hoping one, one day someone will acknowledge it. Now, this is the second show, yeah. and you know with a lot of films... A lot of books even. Sometimes the quality drops for the second outing. Is that going to be the case tonight? Or did we set the bar that low last week that we can't possibly go lower? Well, we had a technical stuff up in the first one second of the show. We don't have to talk about (laughs) that. No, no, of course. No, it's going to be just the uh, same jam-packed, fun-filled show as it was last week. We have all sorts of stuff on the show tonight. We're going to delve into what's actually crap that everyone thinks is great. I also want to ask you, Luke, what would it sound like if Aussies rewrote some of the most iconic lines in Hollywood history? Well, we are going to find out later, aren't we? We are, in a new segment called Aussies in Hollywood. Lockie Stevens, ex-Shield cricketer, will ring in to discuss stuff. Uh, we are joined by special guest Jay Burke to discuss all things financial, so get your notepads out. And finally, after being ambushed and my human rights being put in jeopardy last week by Luke Massey... That was good. ...I return fire. What? Oh, that's right. You don't know yet. You're in for a special treat. You've got a little bit of something up your sleeve. I have got something up my sleeve. Oh, I should hope so, because you got taken to school last week, and I know that you got a lot of feedback on that. I had people coming up to me and saying, is Tim really that bad a driver? And I had to confirm the answer to be yes. It's the ginger comes out in him. I think it's time to fire up and play the first song. (laughs) Okay, what (laughs) have we got? Eye the Tiger, I think. Survivor. Okay, we're back after Eye of the Tiger. Does that make you think of Rocky, Tim? Yeah, well, it always does, doesn't it? Always does, don't it? You feel like you can jump up steps, get to the tops, and then collapse in a heap. Run up a big set of stairs and then shadow box at the top and then have an aneurysm and fall, <laughs> on, fall on the ground. I think we'd probably get halfway in to say, no, this uh, is enough. It's That's a good view from here. Look, before we do get started, Tim, I know we're going to get to your topic soon enough, yep. but we do need some correspondence, right? Last week... We had a competition. It was a good prize. It was two tickets available for a comedy show that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it's been cancelled. So it's a we good thing. We can talk about we, that. We can talk about it. Yeah. yeah, it was just one of those things, wasn't it? Like, it was. Uh, Let's chalk it up to COVID and I don't know. I don't think there's any COVID in Ballarat anymore, but no. we'll, we'll chalk it up to that. I don't think there's been any COVID in Ballarat for about six months, but people still <laughs> use it as an excuse. So, But we do have a mailbag section. We want people to ring up with their abuse. Or message the Facebook page. On Facebook page, yeah, not ring up. We, we're not no. going to answer phones, are we? No. We don't want to talk to anyone. No, that's right, because no. we're amateurs ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Something <laughs> we'll, will go wrong. We'll and... stuff it up. Have we got a prize for our competition? Well, I have. I've brought it in, and I haven't consulted with you about this at okay, all. Okay, go on. But uh, if you could just fill air for like... Two seconds. Okay. Um, Tim is going to his bag now. Uh, he's pulling something out. It could be anything. I have not seen this. It's an album-shaped thing. The best. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this cost me a dollar. <laughs> oh, no. You can't give that All right. Out. All right. No, no. Wait. No, no, no. Feel... Tell, tell everyone what it is. Tell everyone what it is. I've been in this cancel culture world in which we live now. I've been kiboshed by my distant professional acquaintance across the desk. I've got the best of Bill Cosby. <laughs> on vinyl, which cost a dollar at a garage sale. That'll put you to sleep. So, 
got, we've got that. We've got another we album go. as we well. This one's called Country Convoy, and it's trucking hits from, it looks like, about the 70s. Wow. So that's our price for tonight. How about that? Two albums that nobody's got a player for anymore of things that you wouldn't want to listen to. I think you guys should call in. <laughs> we've, got, uh, we've got mailbag section. We've got questions for Jay. Now, for those who don't know Jay Burke, he is the CEO of Burke Britain Financing in Geelong. I use them myself. They are fantastic. And he's just going to give us a bit of free financial advice tonight so get your pens and paper ready but tim before we get to yeah. that we're gonna go to your topic this week straight off the bat now last week you had a few issues what do you mean a few issues well with with your topic I'm, i mean you've always got issues but what was your topic last week i can't even remember oh is that stuck in your mind yeah. <laughs> uh, <I> instantly was, <laughs> gone i was having a whinge about retro things making That's a comeback right, and yeah. the irony that we're now giving away vinyl records yeah. as prizes for a non-existent correspondence contest <laughs> and nobody's gonna write do you know in. what we've had one response one response really? to the accidental correspondence thing yeah yeah from ella so okay yeah you know well, ella, read it out. well not reading out now okay i've got a bone to pick about this so okay this week in the mail and no one ever gets any good mail these days do they They've all got not windows really. on the front yeah. i've got another speeding fine oh no oh geez oh, Mr. Oh, it, it doesn't mean anything to me because it didn't come out of my pocket but you <laughs> yes. so i allegedly was doing a 108 and 100 zone on the Eastern Freeway. Now, the Eastern Freeway... That's not a fine, is it? 108? That's like overtaking. I haven't quite slowed down properly That's right. Yet. On the Eastern Freeway in Melbourne, which is about 15 lanes each way... Talk to me when you hit 120, son. That's right. Yeah. Don't worry about your 108 bullshit. Look, my big problem with speed cameras, well, there's a couple of problems. One is they don't actually stop your speeding. No, okay? they don't. So no. I could have done that, right, driving dangerously there at 108. They're not preventative, are they? No. They're reactive. They are. So the, the remedy comes after the fact. That's fair enough. Yeah. So I could have gone on and I could have driven 150 all the way from Melbourne to Sydney and been dangerous that whole time yeah. and nothing would have stopped me. And I could have hurt untold number of people, but old mate and his little RAV4 sitting there with his camera has taken my photo and I get the fine for that later on. doesn't matter. I've already killed three people driving fast. And you could possibly do that after hearing your driving last week. That's something that could happen. Yeah, look. That's massive, realistic. Massive stitch up. Uh, I've still got legal advice on that one <laughs> about whether my human rights were in fact violated. It was violated. good that I, I, uh, I text Donna uh, on the way home and just gave a little thumbs up and said, yeah, thanks for your help. We got you know, you know, Fat and Ginger's already changed my life. I'm, I'm driving down the road and people go, you know that slow down symbol with the hand like that? It's, listeners can't see, but you know, he sort of waved down. Yeah, slow down. Slow, slow down, down youngie. Yeah. Just relax, mate. It's okay. Yeah. I just turn around and obviously being as calm as I am behind the wheel, despite, you know. Oh, there'd be a lot of uh, fingers being shoved out that window at those people, I'd imagine. <laughs> That's it. So you're not a fan of the, the speed camera? Yeah, and another reason is that they're privately run. Are they? Right? Yeah, so they're privately run. Someone's making money off that. Yeah, so there's a company that runs it. It's probably Circo or something like that. I don't know if anyone in this room knows. I don't. Yeah. But it's Circo or one of those companies. So someone in a polyester shirt, right? I don't know why I've got against polyester shirts, but I do. Gets in their little rav and parks it next to the road and then takes money off hard-working, honest people like you and I. <laughs> Who are only doing 108. That's right. And yeah. what modern car can't do 108? No, that's ridiculous. There's horses that go faster than that, isn't there it? There are. Absolutely. Prince of Penzance in whenever that was. That would have, 
<laughs> local Ballarat girl. She did well. You know one horse, don't you? you Absolutely. Don't know any yeah. others, no. yeah. oh, Delta Blues. I won on that one in 2006, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one too. So I've got a problem that they're privately operated and that they don't actually stop your speeding. They only, I, I'm loath to say revenue raising because that makes me sound like a nutter. I know. People get stuck into that. But this is the way I look at it, right? Why, if they're that worried about it, why don't they insert something into your car that stops you doing above the speed limit? Exactly. Why it wouldn't be that hard in today's day and age, would it? No. Why aren't all cars speed limit? Everything's computer driven. On your signs that say 60 k's, you have a little transmitter. Yeah. Goes to all the cars going past. That's right. Says you don't go any faster so than this. Why isn't it illegal to produce cars that go faster than 110 kilometres an hour? Yeah. Unless you're in Germany on the Autobahn or something. There's oh, no, have no you done that? To, no, I haven't. That no. is spectacular. No, I was busy when I was in Germany. I don't want to know. I remember being in the car, I was, I was only young, I would have been 12 or something, and being in the back seat and our German driver talking to us and to make a point, and he's doing about 180, 190 at this station, to make a point, he turned around and looked at us to make his point, and he's doing 180 in the auto yeah, goes, you know scary. what I'm in, is that okay? Yes, yeah, yeah it's fine, turn around please. Yeah, that's, that's too fast to be turning around. I, they, I think 120 is the cut off to turn around and chat to the people in the back. Is that right to text at 120? Yeah. So what do you think about red arrows, mate? Because while I know it's not speed cameras, mm. but red arrows drive me crazy Can you... when you're sitting there waiting to turn right mm. and there's no one coming yeah. and it's green both ways and they don't let you turn like you're too stupid to make that turn it's discriminatory isn't it i don't understand it why isn't there always a red arrow if you can't turn right against traffic i don't get it i don't understand why it exists tim okay so perhaps it's past performance of your fellow humans that have made that the case because you can't trust every everyone's not as switched on as you are <laughs> but i agree red arrows are annoying because it should be well you should be able to sort this out but you can apply the same logic to roundabouts. And you and I know, in fact, last week I was on the radio very publicly giving my views on roundabouts, that they don't always work. No, and they, they should don't. do because they're pretty simple. Mm. Give way to your right, indicate before you get on the roundabout and proceed safely and quickly off it. Yeah. But people don't do that. No, they don't. Don't indicate, don't give way. And that's probably why we speak, to get away from people oh. like that. Well, okay, here's my logic. You ready for this? Okay. Every, everyone listening? I imagine you've put a lot of thought into this. John Macker, you're both listening? All right. We've right. really only got two listeners. All oh, right, if that. Okay. If that. One lives in the shed doing something. He's not really listening. All right. The most dangerous thing that most of us will do is drive a car, correct? Is that right? Uh, okay, go on. Yeah. So by that logic, the least amount of time you spend driving a car is good, right? Right. So if you speed... I see you, where you're going with this. You yeah. get to where you're going quicker and you spend less time on the road. Ergo, speeding is safe. And good for That's you. That's it. Less people on the road. That's right. Yeah. Next week, I'll, <laughs> I'll do cigarettes. Let me know if that gets you off that speeding fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I was going to write it on the back of the ticket. I think I might just pay it. <laughs> and not cheap either. 207 bucks for 8Ks. That's ridiculous. Oh, we should know. be allowed to speed a little bit, I reckon. We should Just a little bit. Not too much. But we don't live in a totalitarian society, Tim. No, and I was impressed that the Kia Rio could do 108, actually. Wow, so. that's impressive enough. I know. <laughs> but if we want to speed a little bit, if we want to jaywalk... If we want to put an extra avocado in yeah. at the supermarket, mate. <laughs> or take a, an old lady's trolley back and keep the $2 coin. If we want to do that, we should be allowed to, damn it. <laughs> Nanny State's killing us, isn't it? <laughs> He's alive. What an excellent song that was. I couldn't do that. Couldn't do what? Sell drama. Is that what the song's called? Selling the drama. Yes. Is that? I never knew. I thought, isn't it crashing? No, I don't know. Ah, you're getting mixed up with Lightning Crashes, which was off the same album, Tim, but it was a different track. It sounds exactly the same. <laughs> they all do, I think. <laughs> do they? Yeah. Actually, that was a good album, though. I really enjoyed uh, Throwing Copper back in 94. No, you see, I don't know. 
funny that you would like throwing copper, being a copper head yourself. <laughs> uh, I got don't him. understand that at all. What are we doing next? You want to have a talk. Oh, a it's my turn, yes. About, uh, well, you tell us. Okay, well, my topic today is a, a recent issue, and it's the announcement by the AFL that we are only allowed 50% crowds at the footy, Tim. Do you think it's a sensible option? I think it's a sensible thing and we should proceed with an abundance of caution in these unprecedented times and we've all been forced to pivot and don't forget, we're all in it together. That's a really good opinion, mate. Completely (laughs) wrong. So we went to the (laughs) AFLW the first round. Geelong played North Melbourne down at Kidinia Park and they had the seats. There was a gap in the rows. Right. I yep, imagine yep. that's what it's going to be like. Yep. And it was a good day. I mean, Geelong got smashed, but it was the girls, so it didn't matter so, so much. You broke up, mate. You've got to say that again. Geelong got smashed, if you <laughs> wanted me to say it. But it was the girls, so I'm not as emotionally invested in them yet. But the thing was, beautiful day. Yep. They've got a gap in between each row. They've got two seats in between each family. Okay. Yeah, COVID yep. safe. Yep. That's not my issue, Tim. What is your issue? This is my issue. We all had to line up to get in. And we were bumper to bumper the whole way. <laughs> it's so 10, true. 10,000 people lined up down the road. Yeah. The bloke in front of me kept scratching the back of his neck. I could oh. honestly feel the dead skin floating through the air in, in front like of my nose. The least was of that your problems. Yeah. I've got a few issues, mate. But, <laughs> but it, even lining up for the toilet, lining up to get something to eat or drink, you are bumper to bumper. Yeah. You're standing next to them. If one person in that crowd has COVID, there's going to be 150, 200 by the end of the day, no matter how much separation you have in the seats. Did they- so why don't you just throw it over? and let the crowd in. Did they take your temperature before you went in? No, no. Did, that. Did none you have that. to record your... I took my own, but I generally do that anyway. Moving on. Um, so <laughs> did you have to record your details or anything? No. I suppose you booked the ticket. Oh, I booked the, book, ticket. Book the tickets. Booked the ticket. But, but we still had a couple of kids that come in with us at the end and got tickets at the day. They didn't yeah. give any information. So I just think if you're going to do it, just let people in. There's no cases in Victoria at the moment. No other state's doing 50%. Mm. Just open it up. If we have cases, we can look at it then. How many did we have in for Boxing Day? 25,000? I think it was, yeah, about that. And yeah. there was some jiggery-pokery around that, that there was a case that was there and it turned out all right? Yeah, well, that's right. You know, obviously, he wasn't lining up behind the bloke I was standing no. behind because he would have had dead skin all over him. Oh, yuck. That's, uh, that makes me twitch a bit when you talk about that. That's yeah, no I good. know. It's not too good. But the other thing about the AFL last year, it's like the token effort. That's what annoys me about it. And it's the same as having to stand a metre apart while singing the song, and then as soon as that song's finished, going and hugging your teammates. What was well, the- where was that happening? That's last what they did all last season. Did they do that in the grand final? Well, I wasn't watching by then, Tim, <laughs> as you well know. I do well know. So, uh, yeah, that, that's my gripe. I, I think uh, it's tokenism. I think that we just let everyone go. If there's an issue, if there's a case, if there's an outbreak, we look at it then. But at this point, we're corona-free. Yeah. Open it up. How far are we away from the first game of the season? There's practice matches this weekend. No, proper. Proper games. Not on um, pre-season, just the real thing. Well, for the Cats, we usually get serious around about oh. the last day of September. Um, but do you? Yeah. That's so you were serious when you lost last year, were you? <laughs> I walk into it every time, don't I? Dusty would say otherwise. Well, that's another reason I'm looking forward to the footy with you blokes. It'd be good to see who Damien Hardwick brings. Him. <laughs> I, I can't keep up. Got him, So yes. Anyway, are we up for, what are we up for now, Tim? Is it a song or is it, oh no, is it no, mailbag? No, it's mailbag time, so okay. you care to play the jingle. We've got a bit too, haven't we? We have got a bit. All right, let's play a jingle. abusing someone now's your chance it's fat and ginger's mailbag i'd like to kick off if i can uh the first one here is from jared in ballarat and he says and i'll paraphrase to keep us on air Hang on, before you say that 
We know a Jared in Ballarat. We do know a Jared in Ballarat. That's, is that him? It is him. Oh, righto. Yep. Okay, I've so got his says, number. Go on. So he says, uh, hey, guys. He doesn't say hey, guys, but I'm calling it hey, guys. Uh, love the show. Long-time listener, first-time caller, messenger, caller. Who cares? Um, all the best. He doesn't say that either. My question is for Tim. <laughs> You're says, paraphrasing, aren't you? Well, very much I am because I want to stay on air. Um, my question <laughs> is for Tim. Would you rather be a hobbit for a day or a ginger like Luke for a day? Love from Jared and Ballarat. Hang on. That's a vexing conundrum. Jared, he's already a ginger, mate. You're saying, do you want to be a hobbit or just stay as you are? No. Just Why did he have to mention me? Oh, I think he's having a go at you, mate. Sounds like it, Tim, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and the answer for the record, Jared, is of course I'd be a hoppet for a day. <laughs> Goes without saying. At least you don't have to buy shoes. No, that's right. Uh, so Luke, what do you got? We've got a, a couple here. Now, no. I don't know if this is serious. I think it's just a, someone writing. But I'm going to read it how it, it yep. reads here. Congrats on your massive break. Ballarat Community Radio late on Mondays. Huge break. From John Laws. What, the John Laws? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Surely he's not tuning in, Tim. Oh, he's a big fan of the show. Is he? Be right up his alley. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, you know that we've gone out on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Oh, I so didn't we, know that, Tim. Tell us all about it. We've gone out on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> but so, you yeah, just did. We, we've gone global, and I got a message on Apple Podcasts. Okay, shall I read that out? Yeah, go it on. It said, G'day, guys. All the best. Uh, this is the best podcast I've listened to in eight years from B. Obama. Well, the thing is, mate, you say, can I read this out? And I notice you're not reading anything. <laughs> you're just talking uh, shit by the sounds of it. You know, no, no, you know what? It's hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by dodos. <laughs> Try and put a bit of fun and levity. you sure it wasn't Obama? It wasn't <laughs> Obama. like a... No, no, Barrick O. That's how he'd sign it these days, isn't he? It's got all informal. On Facebook, uh, this, one's, this one's for me. It says, Tim, when you finish mucking around on the radio, can you please turn your phone on and bring some milk home? Donna. Donna. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there it's we go. It's the only way she can get a hold of you, Tim. That's it. I've got a really nice message. Sometimes they really grab you by the heart, don't they? The heartstrings, <laughs> and you, you you get those ones where you think, yeah, I'm on the right track here. We're actually doing something good. We're putting something out into the community. Now, who's this that's one positive. from? Well, there's no name, but it says this. I saw a dog yesterday taking a, taking a dump on the nature strip, and I thought of you guys. Yeah, we get that a lot, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Now, if I can uh, interject at this stage. So last week, last week... The driving skit, you're going to bring it up again? Absolutely, I am. Yeah. So, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Well, brilliant's a relative term, and, you know, from, from my point of view, it was an affront. Did you cop much about it? Did you cop much here? I've cop nothing else but... Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I would have yeah. had it, yeah, a thousand times. Well, I'm glad that the world's finally exposed you as a driver, because sometimes admitting you have a problem, Tim, is the first step towards having your licence revoked. It's, it's interesting you say that because I thought, well, I could either take it in good nature and just live a good life. That's the best revenge, as they say. But no, yeah. I haven't. I've decided to take active and direct revenge upon oh, you. So okay. you're go. always banging on about how good a father you are and how, you know. Where is this going? So you're always going on about how good a father you are and how you've mastered the art of the blended family and the Brady Bunch ain't got nothing on you. Well, I think I'm pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I know you do. So what I did, I got <laughs> some help from your lovely wife. And I went round and I went... Oh, did you now? And I interviewed your kids about what kind of father you are. Do you know when I left home to come and do the first show last week, she gave me nothing. She wasn't interested. She's like, what time are you home? Yeah, okay, well, just don't make too much noise when you get home. Yep. Tonight, she was like, Luke, you have a great show. Have fun. Yeah. She knew this was coming. She does, yeah. I thought she was actually being supportive. So if uh, I think we've got it record recorded here somewhere. If you could play the first one for us. All right. Clip one, I think it's labelled. So Zara, can you tell me what kind of a dad is Luke? 
He sucks. I have no doubt he does suck, but how does he suck? He's a bit heavy. Kind of stinks a bit. And, like, he's got no hair on his head. That's true. And would you say that the hair that is on his head is ginger and red in colour? Yeah, I'd say so. Good. And would you say that generally he's been a disappointment as a father? Yeah. How has he disappointed you? Three times in the same week he's forgotten to pick me up from school. Yeah, class act. Anything else? He's just ugly. Thanks very much for your time. So there you go. What do you think Wow. I can't believe it, mate. What do you mean you can't believe it? There it is. You've gone to my house, I'd yeah, imagine, because yeah. they haven't been to Ballarat. No. And you've interrogated my children, all for a bit of cheap comedy laughs on a Monday night. That's brilliant. Did that sound like I was interrogating? <laughs> I will say this, though. Yeah. If, if we're in a law court, I'd yeah. say, Your Honour, leading the witness. That's right. And they'd agree and they'd still laugh. <laughs> so, that's absolutely uh, right. Very nice. I like the sad music too, mate. That yeah, was a well, nice touch, just to make to it? it even sound a little bit sadder. I was thinking Benny Hill to sort of lighten the mood, but it wouldn't work as well, would it? So The only thing sadder than that music was if Tina Turner started singing Hit Me Baby One More Time. <laughs> I think we need a song. And ironically, the next song is Fortunate Son by Creed. <laughs> And that was Fortunate Son by Credence. I don't think my daughter's going to be so fortunate when I catch up with her, mate. That was pretty rough, that interview. Three times. Hang on. Three times in one week. How could you forget to pick up your daughter three times from school in the well, same week? Well, in my defence, she was homeschooling at the time. No, she... Come on, mate. That's... <laughs> and she'd already been expelled. <laughs> so I didn't want her back. So, but wait till I catch up with her. Is hey. that it too, by the way? Hey. Because I've got four kids at home. You, you do have four kids and there are four oh, clips. Oh, here we it's go. It's the slow death, like Rudy Kurtzman. All right, all right. Death. You can have your little revenge and then we move on. All okay. right, now we have a weekly segment that we dissect some of the things out there that are supposed to be good. Universally loved. And are actually pretty crap. So we're going to go to the jingle now. Absolutely. Don't believe the hype. That's actually crap. All right, so we've got two things we're going to cover tonight. The first one, I'm going to say this one because this one's far safer than the other one. The first one is a movie that I saw possibly last year, I think, and was widely lauded throughout the world as being a masterpiece. Okay. And I just didn't think it was a masterpiece at all. What film are you talking about? That movie was Dunkirk. I just... Okay, Christopher Nolan, like one of the best, one of my favourite directors going around, Christopher he's Nolan. He's not, he's not. I bet he's not, really. I bet he is. I bet when you're lying in bed by yourself and you think about what movies you really loved and you go, oh, Christopher Nolan. I really enjoy his sort of cut and thrust attitude towards editing and directing, <laughs> which means you don't get a firm grip on the narrative at any point in the movie. To be honest, mate, I'm not lying in bed thinking about that. I'll be thinking about something else. I don't else. want to know what you're thinking no. about. No. Okay, the problem I had with it was it sort of starts really well with the guy's running through the French town and he's getting shot at and you go, this is going to be awesome. This is going, yeah. to, be, this is going to be like an English saving It was an line. event film too, wasn't it? Everyone was, it was. pumped for it. That's and right. And then it just has these sort of series of vignettes about these small little struggles to do with it. Like the guy on the boat, the guy's hiding in the boat on the beach, which starts filling up with water and it's got Germans on it. And just give me the Saving Private Ryan nine-minute Omaha beach scene where they're all getting shot yeah, to pieces. Okay. I, I want linear narrative. I want from start to finish. I don't want to jump around. That's a good point. There was a linear thing, I think, that got everyone. Because yeah. I couldn't follow it. And I'd have to watch it again, but it just didn't grab me that much to watch it again. And at the end, you go, oh, it's all, it's all over the place. I get it now. But at the time, you're just sitting and what the hell is yeah. going on here? And, and yeah, the big point I've got, too, is as growing up as a kid, I lived in the UK for a bit, and we used to go to air shows. And one of the best things you could ever see at an air show was a Spitfire flying. Mm-hmm. It's one yep. of those beautiful sounds you over here. I think they're V12s, massive engines, purr. 
and one of the biggest scenes of the Spitfire's in, his engine isn't running. He glides in and he shoots down the plane and then he lands on the beach and they're all cheering. And that was just, I don't know. And you're thinking that just could not happen. That's right. A, yeah. a it probably wouldn't happen. And B, I just, give me that sound. And what, and what annoyed me too, there was only one plane defending the whole of the retreating That's army. Right. Like it was Tom That's Hardy right. sitting up there taking on about four or five planes. Where's the rest of his mates? That's right. Well, one of them ended up in the channel, I think. And the other guy ended up on the beach, didn't he? But I agree, and I don't know, it was just, don't try and be too fancy with it. it yeah, it's a linear thing. I think the linear thing was your problem. Don't tinker with the story. The story of Dunkirk is amazing in itself. You yes. don't need to stuff around with it. No, that's a good point. And I think the linear timeline come in with Pulp Fiction, didn't it? Or It, it was probably around before then, but mm. I think once Pulp Fiction come out, it became popular to, to take your ends and your starts and mix them around. What other films would benefit from having... Being a, straightened a, out, as it were. Well, well being a non-linear. What about if you did Passion of the Christ? As non-linear. <laughs> and the start so, is like, getting nailed to the cross. Yeah, at the start he's sort of getting sentenced, then he's on the cross and dies, and then the next thing you know he's just having a bit of supper with his mates. That's so, right, yeah, chilling out. Yeah. And, and Judas is looking, you know, shifty in the corner. <laughs> what about Titanic? That would be good. Yeah, he's uh, interesting. If he dies at the start, you'll save us all two and a half hours. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but here's an interesting vignette about Titanic. When it got released in America, they were not sure that Americans would go and see a movie that was three hours long. Right, because it went for 3 hours and 15 minutes. Okay. And so they advertised it in America as being 2 hours and 75 minutes long. And it worked. And it worked. Well, yeah. highest grossing movie of all time, I think, isn't it? Okay. Now, the second topic before we go completely off task. Go on. I'm not even going to say it because it's so controversial. It's not controversial at all. You didn't grow up in my house. No, I didn't grow up in your house. Yeah. yeah but so what the topic is, that's crap. I'm going to say mum's cooking. Oh. Did you just feel a shudder go through? I just felt something from Bowen Heads there. People but... are punching numbers as we speak. <laughs> to call you an arsehole. But hang on, before I get too much into that, I'm going to say this. It wasn't so much mum's cooking. It was the phrase mum's cooking I was bringing up because mums aren't always the best cooks. I know we like to think they are. If we said home cooking, fair enough. We all know we're going to get a hearty meal. But I grew up in a house where mum's cooking was something to be scared of. Now, G'day Sue if you're listening, <laughs> by the way. Now, she, she does have an excuse. She worked and studied at the same time as when we were little kids. She was a nurse. She was across the road at Deakin. But it doesn't hurt to get a recipe book out, Tim. So, so can you give us some examples? Well, we had two main staple meals in our house. We had shit in a pot <laughs> and we had crap from the oven. And those were the things that we had. There was Your usually mother. there was usually a Brussels sprout involved. Oh, do you like um, Brussels sprouts? No, not anymore, Tim. I never had a chance to. It was that Sorry, bad. That. She used to try and give it a bit of flavour by adding rice. Yeah, but, uh, exotic. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work. And it was just, just terrible. And we used to throw it in the bin when she wasn't looking, go and get Maccas if we could. If Dad was there, uh, if he was at work, we just had to eat it and we had no choice. So, <laughs> Did you the, ever have, as a kid, did you ever have liver and bacon? No. Yeah. No, that yeah. wasn't on it. Someone else in the studio is nodding their head. That was the worst meal you could ever have. because Liver and bacon. Because you'd, you'd pick out the bits of bacon, gold standard, fantastic, and then you were stuck with like a big slop of gelatinous. See, I would have taken that. I would have taken liver. that every day of the week, liver and bacon over what we had. I tried to eat liver as a student when I was at uni. I thought, nutritious, right? It's cheap. It's, e- yeah, it's mm. easy. Just fried it's starting up. to sound like Hannibal Lecter now. <laughs> Mate, have you tried liver as an adult? Or no. Do- it is appalling. You know why? Because I it buy is, my own food now. It's so bad. <laughs> so I haven't tried it since I was about 20, and that was a mistake then. So anyway, so you hate your mum and her cooking? No, I didn't say <laughs> I hate my mum. It's her cooking that I dislike. And she's a lovely lady, but like they say, you can't put lipstick on dry pork. <laughs> did, you have, did you have ham steaks? Ham steaks uh, were a bit yes. there. Yeah, I think yeah. they might have been there, but with, honestly, with a pineapple and a, and a dob of 
barbecue sauce in the middle of the pineapple. The only good thing, the only entertainment from eating mum's cooking was trying to work out what it was we're eating. And there was never, there was a few clues every now and then you'd see a bone and go, well, that belonged to possibly a chicken because it's too small for a pig or a horse. <laughs> so that was about all we had. So mum, if you're listening, uh, love you dearly, but yeah, don't cook anymore. <laughs> Save the world <laughs> from your cooking. All right, we're going to go to a song? Yeah, poor old Sue. Poor old Sue. And we're back. That was a bit of bush there with glycerine. I was meant to go see them just... uh, No, that's the name of the band, Tim. Right, Um, sorry. I was meant to go see them just before COVID. Pretty much the weekend we went into lockdown last year in March... There was a gig in Melbourne that had live that we listened to earlier. It was selling the drama. Bush and Stone Temple Pilots. Would really? Have been fantastic. But, Where was uh, that going to be? Um, some sort of place in Port Melbourne. I can't even remember what it yeah. was. It was like a little winery type place That's in Port irrelevant, Melbourne. That's irrelevant, isn't it? Because it got cancelled. Oh, like it really everything. doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I don't know like why a, I brought it up. Like a comedy festival show that got cancelled. Just depressed, aren't we? Oh. Well, it's about almost a year ago, isn't it? We're coming to March. Yeah, it's about a year ago that I could have been there. But anyway, now we have a competition tonight to win these amazing albums. Now, let's just go through what they are for the listeners at home. So we've got Country Convoy. Yeah, uh, in case you drive a truck and have a record player in that truck. Absolutely, because that'll work. Uh, (laughs) Then we have Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn, uh, Marty Robbins. Oh, you didn't tell me Loretta Lynn was on it. I know, sorry. Do we have to give that away? Can we not keep it? Um, wait, but wait, there is more. more. Bill Anderson, Tanya Tucker, Cal Smith, Merle Haggard. Now, Merle Haggard, I actually reckon I've heard of. Yeah. Uh, Mel Tillis. Didn't he used to live next door to you, Merle Haggard? Is <laughs> yes. that the guy? Patsy Klein. Patsy Klein's famous. I know Patsy Klein. Yeah. Jerry Jeff Walker. How's that? Jerry Jeff, that's his name. Jerry Jeff. Hoyt Axton. <laughs> You're just making these no, up. I'm not, I'm not. Here we go. No, you couldn't make up a name like Hoyt Axton. Uh, this is the best one. Buck Acre. B U C K A C R E. There you go. Surely that's a porn name. Yeah, well, it would have to be, wouldn't it? Well, wouldn't it? There we so, go. if you want to win that, <laughs> best Tim, of Bill Cosby. Tim's decided to hang on to the Bill Cosby <laughs> one. If you want to win that, we've got a question for you. Now, you don't have to answer it tonight. You can take your time. You can think about it. You can message in during the week. But this is our question: If your dog was getting interrogated, what's the first thing it would give up? Mm. Do you have an example for us? Luke? Well, no, not really, because my dog's well-trained. He knows well and truly not to open his mouth about anything. <laughs> you reckon he'd, uh, he'd keep stum? Yeah. No, he's a good little dog. He's definitely not uh, anaphylactic. I know that <laughs> with the amount of peanut butter he's been drip-fed over COVID. Oh, so what about you, Tim? Any examples? Well, I've got four dogs, and they're all wonderfully masculine dogs, and I've got two miniature schnauzers and a... What's Missy? Uh, Missy's a... <laughs> you don't know, do <laughs> no, you? No, no, I do. She's a Chihuahua Maltese Cross, and Bear Bear's a... Uh, yeah. A poodle Maltese cross, so they're very yeah, tough. Right. I yeah. look the picture of toughness as I walk them yeah. at night. Donna buy that one, did she? Yeah, yeah, easy, mate. They're good dogs. <laughs> all right. They would, they look, and they'd spill the beans instantly, especially Bear. He would just say everything. He'd say, "What would he say?" Tim, say, Tim is actually fatter with his clothes off. <laughs> he'd say that he spends. It's not hardly time. a revelation. No, yeah. true, but it's mm. no, stuff with the small things, and you go, "Oh, Tim spends too much time in the toilet." Well, uh, I think most men do. Yeah, Tim drinks milk from the milk bottle all the time. Yeah, what straight I, from the bottle. What, in front of the fridge, you don't even take it anywhere, just but have no, a swig, put it back. Is there any better eating and drinking than eating and drinking in front of the fridge with the fridge door open? It's the danger, isn't it? It's no, it is. It's, it's, my missus could walk around the corner that's at right. any time, yep. and that's going to be a two hour chat. <laughs> and it'd be, what are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Uh. <laughs> door shuts. You were drinking milk out of the bottle again, were you? No. Nah. 
Uh, and then yeah, so there would be that one. Just eating jam out of the jar, darling. That's it's right. fine. And then you know, and then there might be something like you know, he watches me take dumps. And then <laughs> oh, you've yeah. had to do the same that's for right, him. That's I'm right. Sure. Yeah. So that's right. Well, at so, least he doesn't scoop yours up afterwards. <laughs> that's right. But look, um, and I'm going to beg a bit here. I'm not. A, I'm not above begging. For God's sake, someone give us a response to our competition. Please. I do not want to be taking home Country Convoy from MCA Records and the best of Bill Cosby. Well, not only taking that home, I drive an hour and 20 to get here. Tonight, I'm pretty sure I've got three speeding fines at least. And I just want to know that someone's listening. That's right, yeah. That'd be great. Just anything. Even just if you send through. one person, send something through. A thumbs up. And we'll say, it was worth it. We reached one person. That's right. Changed one life. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, have we got Lockie ready to go? Uh, we haven't. Let's uh, play a song and we'll get him on the line and come back. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I reckon that's the third jingle tonight that I've spoken over the top of. I'm sorry, everyone in Radio Land. I'm... No, I'm glad I took the time to make them. <laughs> that's... How is Deirdre anyway? No, she's good. Yeah. She's, um, she's ready to talk to us again, I think. We're going to get yeah. her doing a few more for us. She's yeah. fantastic. And, she's uh, doing a doctorate in uh, fine arts, isn't she, I believe? Yeah, and she sells jingles for $2 each. <laughs> on, on Fiverr, that's it. <laughs> All right, so the jingle indicates that it's time for our update on stuff. And last week we spoke to Associate Professor Dave Bade about... Well, Eskimo pies mainly, wasn't it? And yeah, Dixie. we tackled the tough topics. Yeah, that's, right. that's what I like. In the middle of a pandemic, we talk about Eskimo pies. That's right, especially from an orthopedic surgeon too. There's so many things we probably could have spoken mm-hmm. about. But I think it was the Dixie drumsticks that really set the bar. It was, and mm-hmm. look, I'd forgot about them, but they are fantastic biscuits. But this week we have former Shield cricketer, played Shield cricket for South Australia and Queensland, uh, Lachlan Stevens. Good evening, Lachlan. <laughs> How are you? I was about to say you've downgraded from the orthopaedic surgeon, but now that I've found out what you're talking about, I'm a chance. Not at all. The thing is, you know Dave, so we haven't downgraded at all, have we? But let's not forget that he once went to the Regatta Hotel in Brisbane wearing glasses frames. Not just glasses, but glasses, frames and a suede jacket. So yeah, It takes a bit of that mystique away. It does take it, a bit of that mystique away. Familiarity breeds contempt, doesn't it? <laughs> I feel if a lot of people knew about their doctor's histories, it would take a lot of the... Uh, it's so Safety true. away from those things, so perhaps we shouldn't have talked about that too much. <laughs> Absolutely right. Now, Lockie, what did you want to talk about tonight? Uh, I think you wanted to bring up some memories for us. But I just thought it would be um, remiss of us, seeing as I do have a sporting background, um, to not talk about one of the greats in sport. And if I said to you and Luke uh, a phrase that people in our generation or maybe a bit older might know, uh, maybe you could come up with a name for us. Go on. And the phrase that I'm thinking of is, what a legend... What a champion. Uh, I'm going to say that was Bruce McAvaney on Kathy Freeman in the 400 metres at the Sydney Olympics. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, I think wow. You're right. He has decided to hang up the, uh, the, microphone. the microphone from uh, calling AFL. The best I could come up with was Nathan Broad after the 2017 grand final. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I wasn't here in the country, um, but uh, obviously one of the great moments, not just in Australian sport, but in Australian history. I'd Absolutely, say. yeah. Can I tell you where I was? Like I, feel, I feel as though the Australian government may call tomorrow and you may be deported. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Being in the country when Cathy Freeman won the 400 at the Sydney Olympics. And with good reason. Now, can I let you know that I was in fact in Kenmore Sizzler with Dave Bade when that moment happened. Where's Ken... 
Kenmore's in Brisbane. It's an outer suburb of Brisbane. Uh, uh, what would it be? A bit like Heighton. But when you say the Sizzler, yeah. that's an all-you-can-eat place, isn't it? Absolutely. So if they didn't catch you there by chance, you're probably there for a good three days. <laughs> that's right. I watch the equestrian, the bowls. I watch the decathlon, <laughs> all the decathlon. They had a TV in the corner. They, they, they eventually got me out with like some sort of whale prong. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what round of uh, French toast were you on when Cathy uh, took the set position? Oh, I don't think the Cray supercomputer had calculated that higher number yet. It was a long way into it. But um, look, he's been and the... When she, when she won the race, Tim, mm. or when she raced the race, and I, I can't talk to Luke about this, obviously, uh, because he is... That's right. Not, not, Australian. A, not Australian. Yeah, yeah go <laughs> on. You can label me. Sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> did, did you think she was in trouble at any stage during the race? Because I'm sure people listening to this radio are on the edge of their seats listening to this conversation now. Did you think she was in trouble at any stage? Oh, look, I, and I'll be, I, I was probably like a lot of other people, I was really nervous when I watched the race. I, and um, I thought probably on turn uh, <coughs> turn three, as we athletes like to say, that she might have been, <laughs> <laughs> she might have been in a bit right. of... I, I, I don't think you call it turn three, mate. I think you call it aisle three. Oh, very good, yeah. <laughs> so on turn three, I thought, because it's hard to tell as everyone, because they come off a, a long stagger on the 400 metres and then it all evens yeah. up just at the top of that last straight. And that's when she uh, then when she came came home and, and produced the goods. Oh, just just that moment where I think it was, was it Graham? Was it... Graham, the athlete, the other uh, runner in late four. Couldn't tell you. They came around turn three. I think Graham uh, was her surname. She had hit the front, and there was a moment in our household, which was the uh, Turinga Olympics uh, <laughs> centre. For anyone walking past uh, to come in, we had Olympic rings out the front of our house. And Fantastic. We had a we had butcher's paper out the front of our house saying the events that would be shown that day for anyone who wanted to drop in. That's brilliant. And That's it unreal, was an man. absolute gasp of horror. Uh, yeah. to see Cathy in second position, but obviously Cathy knew far better than the rest of us who were eating KFC for the four years <laughs> leading into it as opposed to her training regime. Did you set up your own bar? Is that what you're saying? Uh, not a bar, but uh, we just set up Olympic rings out the front. We set up butcher's paper showing what television would be on that day, what events would be on. We kept the fridge full of steady, steady snacks and drinks uh, for people who may or may not drop in. So we certainly had some randoms drop in at times. That's brilliant. Was that authorised yeah. by the Olympic Committee there, Lockie? In other words, did you declare that money that you made to the tax office at the time? <laughs> uh, no comment on an exaggeration. <laughs> I should get away with it. I think and, so. And, and how far your radio show spreads. Well, it's global. We had Barack Obama leave a message. Yeah, Barack Obama's <laughs> listening, mate. Or it might be a bomber. We're not sure. No, that's right. We got a, a comment from Denmark, didn't we? Someone, yeah, we did, yeah. Someone listened in Denmark. Yeah, a, 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 a girl I went to uni with um, yeah, is, is now living in Denmark, and she listened to it. She said, first Australian radio show I've listened to in 16 years. I thought, geez, you set the bar low there. But yeah. it said it made her feel right at home. So. Hopefully, after the Denmark uh, girl, Tim, you can get in touch with a couple of the Canadian girls we used to speak to back at university back in our day when we used to compare and contrast the Canadian. Mm, this sounds interesting. Let's talk more about this. Thanks very much, Lockie. Uh, we've got to go, mate. Uh, that's fantastic. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Cheers. So what was he referring to? No, there, nothing, mate. No, nothing. Boring stuff. Look, uh, can we go on to something else? Of course so, you can. We've done uh, one of the clips from your wonderful kids. Can we play the second oh, one? Oh, really? Can you play clip two, please? Who's this? Uh, Geordie. Which one is it? Geordie. Oh, he won't say a bad word about me, mate. He's like my little guy. He will not say a bad word, I promise you. <laughs> Ooh. 
G'day, Geordie. How are you? Good, thank you. That's the spirit. Now, listen, you've done it pretty tough. You're actually Luke's stepson, is that right? Yep. Can you tell me what it's like living with Luke as a stepfather? Every time he plays the guitar, it's always out of tune and he sings, like, really reachy and, like, it's really bad. Do you think you could do better? Anyone. Anyone? Oh, yeah. He's not much to look at, is he? What could you tell me about that? Um, his hair's, like, really red. Yeah, that's right. It is, it is. Heaps of red. Like, it's really bright, too. And what else can you tell me about? He always yells at me, too. That's right. When you've done nothing wrong, that's right. Yeah. All right, hey, Geordie, you're obviously traumatised. I'll let you Wait, go. He's got no talent. He can't shoot a basketball. He can't play a guitar. He can't drive properly either. He's really bad. And he's shit at cricket too, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He goes out for ducks every time. Yeah, he's fucked. All right, thanks. Wow. I can't believe it, mate. He ripped my heart out then with the guitar thing for a start. I'm speechless. I can't believe it. He thought I yelled at him before. Wait till I get home. I'm sorry I dropped the F-bomb in. Oh, you did at the end there too. Yeah, a little F-bomb in front of my kids, mate. I try so hard not to swear around them and then you've just come out with it. But I like the way he just cut you off and said, no, I've got more to say to him. He did at the end. Well, like I said, I was about to wrap it up. I thought, yeah, we got our stuff from Jordy. This is great. We'll move on. He goes, no, hang on. I'm not finished. Shit. I'm not finished dumping shit on <laughs> it just, him. Just gave you an absolute spray. That's that's nearly my favourite one of them all. There's two to come. They're great. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. You enjoyed it. I thought that was the one he was going to go easy on me. He was worse than Zara. No, he, and do you know what? It's not in order, but that's the one we recorded first because we were in the room, you know, where your pool table is, yeah. and he pushed the others aside to get to the front. <laughs> He had a lot to say, didn't he? <laughs> and he wanted to say it, let me yeah, tell you. Yeah, you wait till I get home. Have we got a song to play? Yeah, we do. This is a bit of Tom York with Harrodown Hill. Hello. And we're back. That was Tom York from Radiohead with Harrow Downhill. Now, we have got a special guest. Last week, we had Tosh Walker. Got to find out a little bit about him. This week, we've got a whole nother level of smart, haven't we? Oh, we've been put in the academic shade. Yes, and the the reason we brought him in is to really heighten the average of IQ in this room. Mm. Because me and you were sitting on about, what, low 40s? Double digits, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) We bring Jay in, all of a sudden, the three of us between us, we've got a good average of about 68. So we're looking good. Jay Burke, everybody. Welcome, Jay. How are you, James? Very well. You look well. You look fit and healthy. Feeling great. Feeling great. Uh, we're allowed to talk about what we're drinking or not. Ah, oh, you can mention it. They might throw a few cans out. Uh, a couple <laughs> of a uh, couple of colas. Lovely. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, ones that walk really fast, isn't it? And Jay, you run uh, Burke Britain. Burke Britain Financial Partners, Luke. That's that's me. Me and my father, Peter. Uh, in Geelong, Geelong West, corner of Gordon Avenue and Packington Street, Geelong West. So you've come all the way from Geelong to be here today, mate. You've driven just as far as me. Did you get any speeding fines or...? Uh, no speeding fines. My, uh, my chauffeur did a lovely job. If he's got some speeding fines, it's not my fault. I think we should share them, really, if we, if we do <laughs> run into trouble. But anyway. Sounds good. Um, so, Jay, uh, your <laughs> financial planning is something that not a lot of people... It's not something that they're well-versed in. No, I think statistically, uh, very, very few... Australians actually seek any sort of financial planning advice. So, uh, yes, many more people should should come and see us at uh, at Burke Britain for sure. And what could you do for Fat and Ginger, mate? If you were our financial advisor, would you just say, "Look, give up, fellas"? Or? Yeah, I think we're in trouble here. Mate. I think we're in trouble. <laughs> Make the numbers dance. Come yes. on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Surely we can write something off on something. Yeah. Listen. I don't know how it works. To be honest, mate. I, listen, I've been studying for the last couple of days for this session. I've been sold down the river because I did actually think this was the finance hour. I've been yeah. studying concessional super caps, small business capital gains tax concessions. <laughs> I thought we we're going to have a very long, in-depth discussion about very exciting uh, tech 
technical uh, investment Cutting details. Edge, yeah. And I think we've got, what have we got, four minutes? Yeah, four, four minutes, minutes about to talk about finance yeah. and, and then we're going back to yeah. asses and dicks. So. Yeah, yeah. I once ate a whole lasagna by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? I'd believe that too. I just thought I'd give the listeners an indication of the difference between J and R. <laughs> now, uh, oh. I, I'm, a, I'm a customer. Jay, I've just signed up to your firm because we're in a position where we had you know, a little bit of money coming in but didn't know what to do with it. And we're not smart enough to work that out. So we thought we really need to go and see someone. And I know that you said to us, the first thing you said was, look, if you don't know anything about financial planning, that's where you probably need one. Mm. Yeah, well, I think for most people, uh, they have no appreciation about what they don't know. And mm, yeah, uh, that's a, good point. a lot of people will think about financial planning as they need to have money before they can come and see us. Most people, it's the simplest things that really make the most difference with finance. It's being able to actually manage your money, the inflows, the outflows. It's not about deciding whether you want to buy Bitcoin or uh, hit the share market. First of all, if you can actually, uh, if you can manage your cash flow, you, you're a long way there and most people can't. So we mm. start with the very basics, the foundational stones of, uh, of people's finances, their cash flow, their income, yep. their expenses, their debt, their assets, estate planning, insurance, they're the sort of cornerstones of, uh, of anyone's situation and then expand from there. So it's not very sexy to begin with, but uh, listen, mate, once you've been with us for a while, it gets very sexy, very sexy. <laughs> well, it would because one of the first things you said to us, and there was a few of you there, you've got a good team there at, at Burke Britain, was what's your lifestyle like? How do you want to live your life? And we'll work backwards from there. Mm. And that was something that I never thought that you'd work that way. It was just like, I've got money. What can I spend it on? And then have no money tomorrow, but I'll get more money. And that's how I've always lived. Well, it sounds counterintuitive, but financial planning is really not about financial planning. It is it starts with lifestyle planning. What is the lifestyle that we actually all want to live? Uh, do we want to live a, a fairly opulent lifestyle, in which case uh, we need the income to, to match that? Do we want to live a fairly basic lifestyle, in which case uh, we might not need as much in terms of income? But lifestyle dictates your finances, and I think sometimes we go in reverse order. People are thinking about their finances primarily, whereas they should be thinking about their lifestyle and sort of making their finances fit that. This is good. This is by far and away the most intelligent thing that's been said on this show so far. Well and truly. Oh. I don't think anything even comes close. No, that's right. And I know my previous financial planner didn't mention any of that. Um, hello to Megan at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when someone comes into your office, what's your first step when they come in? What do you say to them when you first sit down? Listen, ideally we have a couple of hours. So that is the, the starting point for us. Just to gauge where people are at, get an idea, as I said, of their income, assets, liabilities, insurance, investments, their estate plan. In most, most times people don't have these areas, there's one or two of those areas that they've nailed and there's a couple that they haven't even thought about. So after a couple of hours discussing people's overall financial situation, we've got an idea about the areas that they need some help with. They either deal with it themselves, so they go off and that's fantastic, or they decide that it's beyond them. It's either uh, they haven't got the time or the inclination to deal with it and they then engage us professionally. And I mean, after two hours, you pretty much know whether someone uh, is needing of financial advice and then we then move on to the next step of uh, giving them some formal formal advice. It covers a lot of areas too, mate, doesn't it? Not just what's in your bank, but your insurance that you looked after if something happens to you. There's a lot of these things that we hadn't thought about and we would never have considered unless we sat down with someone like yourself who really knows what they're doing. Well, the danger is of looking at sort of one thing in isolation. As I said, most people have a couple of areas of their situation nailed. They might have their budgeting sorted. 
they might have their insurance sorted, but there's so many other interrelated aspects. I mean, blended family situations uh, create a quagmire sometime of situations that you really need to sit down and address. So estate planning is really important. And sometimes the things that, uh, it's the things that are never a problem until they're a problem that you really mm. need to consider. Mm. And uh, again, it's not always very sexy, but uh, it certainly gives people the foundation to deal with any heartache or, or turmoil in their life. And the last 12 months is a perfect example of people mm. that really hadn't considered, what do I do if I actually don't have my main source of income? If that disappears, what am I going to do? So having other sources of income. If people lose their income due to uh, illness or injury, how do we make sure we protect against that? Because every single thing you do has some, in some way, shape or form, comes back to your ability to generate an income to support the lifestyle that you actually want to live. Have you found yourself to be busier over the last 12 months? It's been nuts. So uh, financial planning, anything in finance, when there's crisis, it's a bit like uh, insurance goes up. So whenever there's, if there's war, if there's a downturn in the market, people are always thinking protection. And so many people, so many small business owners that are clients of mine and friends of mine that, are, uh, that uh, have become clients over this period of time have realised uh, the areas that they didn't have in place. And when things are flying, and when the, and we are very fortunate here in Australia, we're very fortunate, I'm in Geelong, but we're very fortunate we have a, a, a really a very robust economy, a very yeah. robust market, and we get a little bit, um, I suppose, blind to the potential crisis. And who would have thought that we'd be sitting in a global pandemic where really the, the shit has hit the fan at so many levels and mm. impacted every single aspect of people's situation. So uh, it's a good wake-up call. Uh, we've had plenty of people that have decided that now's the time to get their get their house in order, and so it's been really good for us. And we're we're certainly fortunate and uh, very happy that we're in an industry that has yeah. uh, doing well through this time. So is now the time to invest in the emu farm? I keep getting. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have missed the boat on the emus, Peter. My old man actually had a crack at the emus, and I think he was yeah. uh, very fortunate that he. Uh, he pulled the pin about 12 months before the, the emu market. Maybe it was the ostrich market. I don't know. It was 20 years ago. <laughs> that nah, so, so you guys are definitely on the wrong track there. You've got to stick to your staples, like the, the things that are only yeah. going to go up in value. I'm actually the owner of 20 million in Nigerian bullion at the moment. So <laughs> I'm just waiting to collect that. You've just sent your, you your bank details over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just going to send it over shortly. So I can't yeah, wait to look at it. Did you send over the admin fee as well? I had to kickstart it yeah, just to help him <laughs> out to, to get him through that period. But look, I, I did see a, a video of Burke Britain's uh, one of your testimonials. Good video, by the way, too, mate. Uh, and, and it showed a few of your <laughs> this, clients. This is shameless. And uh, yeah, a little bit of a plug there. And now uh, I know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what it did was show one of your clients saying that, that she actually battled cancer mm -hmm. just before COVID hit. Oh, wow. And all of a sudden had to leave work. Obviously, she's got other things that she needs to, to face. And basically, she said, if, if I hadn't have spoken to Burke Britton and Jay down there, I would never have put these things in place because she had to take time off work. She had to see doctors. She had there's money going out, but there's nothing coming in. And she said, basically, just having that chat with you and getting things in order a couple of years ago was what allowed her to do that. I won't say worry-free, but there's definitely cases there where you guys have really saved the day. Well, again, it's not, it's not a problem until it's a problem. And yeah. it's very easy to defer those kinds of conversations. They're difficult. I remember having the conversation with Kari, my wife, uh, about putting in place wills and powers of attorney. Again, not very sexy stuff, but uh, it's super important because, again, when that becomes a problem, when that day uh, arises, we want to make sure that things are in place. So uh, for that client, 
it was, um, yeah, certainly uh, things were put in place well for, for her. Yeah. And that's something we can all take a look at. So you people at home, grab a pen and paper, and we're going to give you Jay's number later. Now, Jay, you've got a song that you want us to play? No, Is that right? Hang on, hang on. I'm going to interrupt you before what? we go to the next song. Not another one. Yeah, yeah. So no, come it's on. It's only mate. a short one. It's only a short one. This is uh, this is Jasper. Yeah, she wouldn't have anything bad to no, say about no. me, mate. <laughs> but I thought that about Geordie. Are we going to play it now? Yeah, absolutely. All right. G'day, Jasper. How are you? Good, thanks. Fantastic. Now, Luke is your stepfather. Is that correct? Yeah. What can you tell me about that experience having Luke as a stepfather? When he married my mum, it was the worst day in my life. All right, Jasper. Thanks very much. I think we've got all we need from you. I cannot believe it. You've been... That, that's not even her opinion, mate. She's only saying that because her mum said it. <laughs> yeah, Jay, you got a song for us, mate? I have, mate. Uh, let's get a bit of Powderfinger happening, a bit of DAF. Beautiful. Right, that was Powderfinger. Uh, what was the song called? DAF. What does it stand for? That's a good question. Diluted air flocculation. There you go. There's a work term. There you yeah, go. I'm sure Listen, Bernard Fanning was thinking about that at the time. <laughs> he was. Uh, look, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not above begging. We need someone to give us some correspondence because are we just talking off into the ether? Is anyone listening? Yeah. How far do these things like these radio waves go? Would they go into space? Yeah, I think so. There might be some yeah. aliens up there. Maybe someone up there is listening going, okay, well, maybe these guys aren't so bad. Okay, here we go. If we get someone to send in a correspondence before 10 o'clock, so in 34 minutes' time, I'll run naked up and down Barclay Street. Really? Yep. Tonight? Tonight. Okay, I'll film it yep. Yep. on my phone. Yep, I'll oh, run. There you go, listeners. If anyone's listening at all, even if you hate the show, which you probably do, yep. anyone who's at home who's sitting there about to go to bed, take two seconds out of your day to see a big guy running up and down Barclay Street. Oh, hang on, hang on, down Barclay Street, I'm not running oh, no, Sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> he will roll down Barclay Street naked. It will be a sight to behold. It will. It'll be like that scene on Indiana Jones where the boulder's rolling after him. Are you in proportion? Uh, now, <laughs> I'm not saying that as a, as a dirty thing. I'm talking about your head to your body. Well, I think it caught up, didn't it? It's so it. when I was a kid, it looked like a sort of orange stuck on top of a toothpick. But <laughs> as I got fatter and bigger, it's all in proportion now. So. Yeah, oh, that's good. At least you've caught up. Now, we've got Jay's. Now, a lot of people probably know Jay as the uh, financial planner, a bit of a guru when it comes to finance. What they might not know is that he was a local football legend as well. Superstar. Superstar. But he, he uh, played in a, a premiership with Bell. Park, is that correct? Correct. Yeah. 2003 uh, Premiership against St Mary's. Drawn grand final, came back the next week. Oh, are you kidding? No, didn't beat them all year until uh, the, the replay. Played them five times for the year and, and won once. Yep. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. And how much did you beat them by in the replay? Uh, 18 points. Lost by uh, six points in the first final, uh, drew in the, the first grand final, and then beat them by 18, 18 points. That's Kenny, incredible. Kenny Hinckley is the coach. Was he? Yep. Yeah, he was yeah. the coach back then. That's where he sort of started off, was it? Uh, he was Collac Camperdown, so I think he was uh, Camperdown, and then he went with Malcolm Blight to St Kilda, his assistant at St Kilda, yep. and Blighty got the arse, and uh, he came back and coached Bell Park for two years. So we made the finals the first year, grand final, premiership the second year, and then he joined the Cats after that. Yeah. Cats, then uh, Gold Coast. He didn't take you with him when yeah. he went to the Cats? He no, I, listen, I asked him, but he, uh, he Is your phone still on? He <laughs> didn't return any calls. The boy, the boy's actually pretty relentless. A lot of the uh, our 2003 
uh, premiership teammates uh, give him a bit of a hard time on, on text, but he's pretty. He's pretty. Uh, he's is he pretty good? Is he, he always yeah, gets back. It's very well received. We went and caught up with him a couple of times, footy trip reunions. Uh, he got his tickets, super box. It was great. So oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, not being from Geelong, how big a game is the Geelong? Sorry, which competition? G- GFL. GFL. It's the biggest comp, probably oh, not just great, in, in Geelong, but almost greatest country almost league Victoria. in Australia. Yeah, Absolutely. What about, no, 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 what about the BFL here in Ballarat? <laughs> the, the, the what? Yeah, anyway. The so how many, how many people would you get to your grand final? Uh, I think that grand final was a big one. So it was a day, uh, normally it's probably five or six hours, and maybe I think it's at Geelong West Oval. Yeah. Traditionally, now it's almost always at Cadinia Park. But that grand final, 2003, we played after the AFL grand final. So oh, really? we played on the Sunday. That's got to um, be unusual, hasn't it? It was, so we had a big crowd. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we've, we've got a mutual friend. He texts me today. I said, what can you tell me about Jay Burke as a footballer? He said, you have to ask him about after the grand final, ask him about the Max Hotel that night. Oh, dear. Now, hang on, hang on. I, I don't know the story. Uh, on the way down, I did probe you a little bit about it. You weren't too forthcoming, so maybe on air, since we have no listeners, you can <laughs> you can uh, certainly let the cat out of the bag a little bit. What happened at the max? Oh, listen, I, I'm not sure that uh, I, I really can't recall. To be honest, I'm going to have to <laughs> plead the fifth on this. What I do know is that Faz, who we're talking about, uh, had a nasty hamstring injury. Very, he's very lucky to even make the grand final. Not because of his hamstring, because he was a Pretty ordinary player, but uh, <laughs> no, Faz and I uh, had a had a lovely embrace on the ground. We both finished the game on the bench, which is a really it's a fantastic place to finish a, a premiership Absolutely. on the bench. And uh, he's a great man, and uh, I will be having words with him about the the Max reference too. Yeah, <laughs> I would have thought that what happens sort of Mad Monday-ish post grand final stays on. No, I think as you get a bit older, you've got to start telling a few of those stories. Otherwise, there'll be nothing for our children to aspire to, Tim. Like I said to you, Luke, I may be going into politics after finance. (laughs) This is not appropriate. Well, one of the things that I'd be playing at my first political speech is this next clip. Because you won Mark of the Year. Get out. I did, I did. I think I think I might have actually won Mark of the Year a couple of times. Oh, oh, if you don't mind. Sorry, mate. I don't mean to bring you down by any mention of marks, but we've got the clip here. I might just play a little bit. I hope this works. Let's see what my technical skills are like. Oh, Wow, that's fantastic, mate. And I noticed it was sponsored by Bizarre Bar back then. Oh, Bizarre Bar. We were talking about that on the way up. We Bizarre were, Bar, yeah. Geelong Hotel, the Lyric, they all sponsored them. Did they pay you in Maduri Shakers or was there actually cash involved? Uh, I think we had, it was either the Lena, Lena and Milk or uh, one of those. Yeah, yeah, they were good, weren't they? Because by the time you get there, mate, you weren't drinking beer anymore. No. no it's well no. and truly in illusion, the past. Illusion shakers. Illusion exactly. shakers, that's it. Yeah, you need shakers. that little bit of something to get you through the rest of the <laughs> that's night. That's it. And you had a, a great career. Your dad is a, a bit of a local legend too, uh, Peter. I think you said your last game was that premiership. You retired after that. And you uh, mentioned that your dad had the same situation. So he his last nearly, game was a premiership too. Nearly 20, almost exactly 20 years apart. Uh, we played in our last game for Bell Park both uh, in a premiership. The old man was, um, he played two years at Bell Park, 1983, 1984. Uh, 84 uh, premiership, I think they beat St Albans uh, in the grand final. He retired as, I think he was in his early 30s. And then fast forward 20 years, I did did something similar. So it was a really nice way. There's a lot of uh, nice family connection through Bell Park, which is, uh, it's a great club. Absolutely, and he's still president there. Or he was president. No, he wasn't president. He's uh, he, he thinks he's the president. He, he's involved. <laughs> he's involved in everything, recruitment, uh, the money side of stuff. 
He loves his footy. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure he told me he was the president. He tells he? everyone he's the president. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Bell Parker is a great uh, uh, sponsor and, and supporter of the Geelong Dragons down in, uh, in Geelong, the, the disability team. Now, we're going to go to a song. song. Yeah. A song? Cool. Oh, no worries. I actually haven't got that prepared. Actually, That's all right. Right. I'll just talk rubbish for the next like, 10 seconds. What? We're going to change it from your normal repertoire? <laughs> That's right. Here we go. ACDC with Back in Black. Lovely. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Angus. Thank you. I don't know who else is in ACDC. Who's the guy who lives in New Zealand who just got done for? Yeah, didn't he get charged with something? He couldn't yeah. leave leave the house. Yeah. Phil yeah. Rudd was Phil it? Rudd. Was Thank it? you. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. But everyone else goes, "Oh, Timmy, you relate to Angus Young?" Yeah, of course I am. Yeah. And then he was like, "Are you related to Cliffy Young?" Yeah. You related to Johnny Young? No. No. <laughs> we draw the line. <laughs> no. What? What would you want? To, he was young, talented. He was alright, wasn't he? Or did he get? No, he, he wasn't think, one of those. No, I think he was all right. He, he was all right? He wasn't a Jimmy Savile. He, he, he never got outed? I don't think so. Well, hang on, because he never did it. Sorry. Yeah, we <laughs> shouldn't. Yeah, with our lawyer hat on, he didn't do anything yeah. wrong. Um, right. um, <laughs> what have we got coming up, Tim? Uh, so, uh, look, how many kids you got? Oh, right, eh? I know. How many kids yeah, you got? Yeah, okay, I've got four. We're going to play four. the fourth. Yep. Now, this is the one, as soon as I knew you were doing this, this is the one I was worried about. If the other ones were getting stuck into me, this guy... Yeah. So Toby's always been. How old's Toby for the listeners? He's fourteen, <laughs> but he was fourteen when he was two. He was trying to work the angles when he was two and trying to uh, you know, get, what, get what he could get. Hang for on. His... I wonder where he gets that from. Well, uh, I'm not looking forward to this. Go and play it. Righto, last but certainly not least, Toby, we've got you here. Can I just clarify, you're unlucky enough to actually have Luke as your father, aren't you? Ah, uh, yeah, it's not good. In what way has he really disappointed you as a father? Just scarred me, really, for the rest of my life. Give the listeners something juicy here. Didn't buy me a drink on the way home from footy training the other night. Didn't really appreciate that very much. And you would have been really thirsty, too. I was very thirsty that night. Well, that's bordering on child abuse, isn't it? It is, basically. Anything else? Clapped for the other basketball team when they scored, and I scored and he didn't clap at all. So you scored in basketball, nothing. The other team, who he doesn't even know, and he clapped. Yeah, he was full, like, joined the cheer squad for that team because they scored and I didn't. And he wasn't happy about it either. I think you should take that up the chain. In the future, how do you see him as an old man when you've got kids of your own? Will you bring him around to hang out with Granddad? That's if he's alive, which I highly doubt. But if he is, I don't think it's safe for me to bring my kids anywhere near him when I'm older. Couldn't agree more. This has been fantastic. I knew it was going to be bad. Yeah. Um, what that, you gotta, that, hang on, hang on. What do you got to say for yourself? First? That, that's ridiculous, right? That basketball thing, that was 60 points up. Doesn't matter. Right? The other team hadn't scored probably all season. They finally got one in and everyone clapped. He looked at me with just daggers in his eyes like, what are you doing? He was about 10. Well, I've got the impression that happened this year or no, last No, no, no. This is when he was... He, he hasn't let it go, Tim. At one stage there, I was yeah. chatting about something. He goes, can you do something for me? He said, mate, have I ever let you down? Yeah. He goes, yes, I've got a list. And I said, what do you mean you got a list? He goes, remember that time you cheered for the other team? Like, Let it go, mate. It was four years ago and that first time they'd scored for 26 seasons. And that's what I'm talking about. I knew that was going to be bad. You'd give up basketball, wouldn't you? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. Anyway, so can we safely call it one all? Yeah, we'll call it one all. But you know what happens now, don't you? Well, bring it on. <laughs> what else you got, mate? Yeah, I'll have that's to have a think about that. I'll have to have a chat with Donna. We're good friends now. Yeah, apparently um, so. Uh, now, uh, we're, Jay, we're going to have to say goodbye to you, mate. We really appreciate you coming in. I think we've been pretty fair on you. 
I had a lot more stuff that Danny sent me that I didn't bring up, but we'll leave that for Thank another you, time. <laughs> uh, no, you're joking. I haven't got anything, mate. Uh, you're a good fella. Uh, anyone who wants to get some financial advice... Don't call us. <laughs> don't call us Fat and Ginger, but they can call Burke Britain. How would they go about that, Jay? How's the process work? Okay, so you give us a call. Uh, 03 uh, speak to Teresa. You can see us on the website, uh, www.bbfp.com.au. Uh, you, you can email us at admin at bbfp.com.au. Either way, you'll get us. Uh, tell us how you want to catch up and we'll make a time. And anyone who didn't have a pen, just Google Burke Britain. That's it, Google Burke Britain. B-U-R-K-E. Correct. And Britain. B-R-I-T-T-O-N on Instagram, Facebook, all places you find good businesses. Excellent. So as my new financial advisor, do you advise red or black when they go to the casino tonight? Uh, Definitely red. Always red. Listen, you've got 15 minutes. 15 minutes to message in. Yeah, we need to get Tim running naked down Barclay Street. Now, I know it's not going to be good on anyone's eyes. No. But the, sometimes these things pop up. Like, no one likes to see a comet hit the earth either. No, that's right. You know, but, that's right. but it's worth having a look up at the sky that's and seeing right. it go past. It's know? the old car crash thing, isn't it? You look at yeah. the spread fingers. And, yeah, it's, it's, can, it's terrible, can, you, but you can't look away. No, can I just say, though, just because I know we're going to podcast this, yeah. this, this offer is only good up until 10 o'clock on Monday the 1st of March 2021. So if you all listen to this podcast in three years' time, <laughs> and yeah. you message in, I'm not going to run naked down Barclay Street. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, I know. Look, it's half offer. I agree. Look, sometimes uh, we need to get publicity, mate, for our show. We need to let people know we're here. And you've got to think outside the box. (laughs) Indeed, you do. Now, listen, (laughs) we've got a a new segment of which we're very proud, aren't we? Yeah, it was a bit of fun to make up during the week. It's got a little jingle too, which I like. It Um, it does. And so this segment is pretty much what would happen if you got Aussies like us to rewrite some of the most iconic lines in cinema history. Yeah, and we've got a heap of them, haven't we? We have. We've recorded a bunch. So we'll start with this one tonight. So play the jingle. We'll have a bit more of a chat. Take me to bed or lose me forever. How about the back of my Tirana? Aussies in Hollywood. So the first one we've got is one of the most iconic moments in movie history. Is obviously when Darth Vader reveal. I'm sorry, spoiler alert in case you you know you're 40 years behind the times. But <laughs> does anyone not know that Darth Vader is, is Luke Skywalker's father? That's mm-hmm. right. So there's that iconic moment when he's hanging off the gantry there. At, it, it is a great moment in cinema, but it's always one of the moments that I hate too. Why is that? Because every man and his dog comes up to me. What's your name, Luke? Oh, I am your father. Oh, oh good hey, one, mate. Hey on, hey on, hey on. Point of order, mate. You think it's tough being a Luke? I've been a Tim my whole life, right? First you had Mel Gibson's Tim, right? Not a great start. And then that Not a great film. Not a great film either, thank you. And then you had that time when Timmy, Timmy! Every dickhead in Western civilization would come to me, Timmy! Oh, that's your name, Timmy. I I even met the Counting Crows once. Oh yeah. You know the band the Counting Crows? I met them and they go, What's your name, mate? And I said Luke and they did the line. Oh, I am your father. Serious? Because I heard it so many times. I think I said something along the lines of, oh, mum was trying to catch up with you since the last tour. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it just went wild over their heads. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Anyway, so right. what have we got? We've got The Empire Strikes Back. Yep. They're not long clips. They're not long We don't clips. have a lot of time during the week. You know, no, we, don't, we don't get paid for these people at home. <laughs> That's right. um, so we, we'll play it anyway, and let's make this an ongoing thing. All right, here, here we, we go. go. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. I don't know who my father is. My mum's been Roger more times than a police radio. No, 
I am your father. Hey, <laughs> just you wait till DHS catches up with you. Mum's gonna take you for half this bullshit Death Star for starters. Weirdo. What have you come dressed as anyway? And the crowd oh, here in the studio weird. has gone ballistic. Yeah. They like Jay just walked out. He's had enough. He goes, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wait in the car." That's it. Yeah. Uh, that, so honestly, we we you know we're just having a bit of fun there. We, we're going to do one every week. Aren't That's we? it. We are going to do one every week. Yeah. Hopefully, they get good at some stage. <laughs> oh, I like that one. I think it's good. I like that. My mum's been more time than a police <laughs> radio. Yeah. Oh, wow. Geez. I'm glad I didn't say well, that after talking about the cooking earlier. Listen, at least. Luke is tough, Tim is tough, but at least your name is not Sue. Oh, I was meant to play a boy Yeah, you were. That's that was a seamless leading. Well, my daddy left home when I was three. Bill or George, any damn thing, but Sue, I still ain't that Now, that song, A Boy Named Sue by Johnny Cash, if there are any listeners out there, and by the amount of feedback we're getting, it doesn't appear <laughs> as if there are, but... If there are any listeners out there that can't sing but still want to participate in karaoke, that's your song. Because, okay. it's, because it's spoken, isn't it? Well, Except for a couple of little bits. So yeah. I can't sing, right? And I used to disgrace myself in karaoke regularly trying to do Sweet Caroline and things like that. Bit of Beatles. I butchered the Beatles. Did you? But then a boy named... What did you do for Beatles? What? Beatles, Hard Day's Night. Hard Day's Night? Yeah. Okay. No, no, good. Uh, well, it was barely recognisable as Hard Day's Night. But Sweet Caroline was my favourite, especially in Japan, when I lived in Japan, because you have all these Japanese songs and you flip it open and all they had was like Neil Diamond and a bit of Beatles. Yeah, okay. And, and Japanese, they're so polite. Like, yeah. I was so bad. And they said, oh, that's fantastic. What, so they, they, they still boo you, even though they're <laughs> yeah, polite, or they, they let to, you go? Not to my face, yeah. yeah no, okay. They were very polite. I always go to Beatles for my karaoke. I go Revolution Number 9. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that? No. That's when they sit there going, number nine, number nine, number nine. Jeez, the crowd would love that. Yeah. Now, we haven't had a response for our competition, Tim. This is two weeks in a row now. And although our listeners have probably gone to bed or switched off a long time ago, we're hoping that someone's still out there that could call in to get Tim running naked down Barclay Street. Now, I'd, I'd love to see this, ladies and gentlemen. I'd really, not, not from a personal point of view, but you can't imagine the fun I'll have with that at work tomorrow. This offer expires in, uh, well, six minutes. Six minutes? Yeah. And how do they call? Well, they don't call. They can message on Facebook. Message on, so they go to Facebook. Yep. Give us a like, Fat and Ginger. Yep. And yeah. then send us a message saying, run, fat boy, run. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. all it's going to take. So that's what I've In made. the next six minutes? Yeah, 10 seconds worth. Have we even got this up? They might have sent like heaps of them by now. Well, yeah, no, I've checked. Yeah, there's nothing there. No, and it's a warm night, so I'm happy to do it. Just so. make sure you're in Facebook when you look up Fat and Ginger Do. Don't do it in Google <laughs> um, because you're going to go and down a whole different rabbit hole. Well, there might be. you might get some sort of Thai cooking show. <laughs> so, so. Now, we have got one more song. Yeah, one Is of my favourites. Right? And then we'll come back and say goodbye. Yep, absolutely. Blues Brothers with Everybody Needs Somebody. Here's an interesting vignette of information before we go. Did you know at one stage, uh, John Belushi had the number one single, number one album, and number one movie in the country all at the same time? Well, I didn't even know he sang. Yeah, well, that's him in the movie. That was him. That's him. So number one single through that, number yep. one album through that, yep. and number one movie through yep. that. Yep. So why didn't you say Blues Brothers were all three? Well, nothing to do with John Belushi, was it? Oh, hey, I try and share some knowledge with well, you. Well, you can say Dan Aykroyd, the same thing, couldn't you? Yeah, no, I don't think Dan Aykroyd sang much on the other... I don't think he was... Because the Blues Brothers released an album as well as a soundtrack. 
Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So it was just John Belushi. I'll do more research next yeah, week. Yeah, I was going to say it was pretty poorly organised. We, we, we can't finish <laughs> oh, the show on that. Fits right in, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 I've spoken over three things. Now, look, we've got a minute to go. Uh, Nobody's rang in. No ringing in, no messages, no nothing. So I'm so staying. You, you're, you're in the clear. I'm in the clear. I'm staying yeah. clad, which is excellent. So I'm happy. That's, I think that's Ballarat saying to you, Tim, we don't want to see that. We were going to call. We have got answers to your dog question, but yeah. we don't want to see that, Tim. No, fair enough. So it looks like I'm keeping the trucking record and the Bill Cosby record. I'm going to put them on tonight and fall asleep to them, I think. <laughs> Funnily enough. <laughs> All right, Tim, we'll be back next week right. uh, with a, a, another guest. Well, thank you, Jay, for Thanks, coming Jay. on tonight. Really appreciate it, mate. And uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, Fat and Ginger, you'll see us on Apple Podcasts. And Google Podcasts. Good night, everybody. See ya. System shut down.